0: To our new listeners welcome to our old listeners welcome back another episode of magical education awaits you but first we would like to say a few words nitwit blubber oddment tweak podcast nine to three quarters topic of the week is what hall would you make <laughs> Hey there, listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Ria, and we're doing another hypothetical. This time it's us making the Horcruxes, not old no-nose Voldy. <laughs> old mate Voldy. <laughs> <laughs> With his terrible Horcrux choices. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, he goes such a distinctive route. He's like, oh, I'm going to choose things that are so personal to me and I'm going to make them really precious, valuable, one-of-a-kind objects. It's like, okay. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Ostentatious. (laughs) All of these, like, extremely personal or extremely precious, highly identifiable items and then I'm going to hide them in places of personal significance from my backstory. Idiot. Yeah. (laughs) it's Typical. Oh, classic, like, evil villain. Lucky <laughs> <Yeah. Rookie> mistakes. <laughs> I've chosen some items. Some of them may have a bit of significance to me. Others I think I chose for very specific purposes, which I'll outline in my explanation. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what you go for as well. Yeah. I I think we might have some overlapping ideas, so we'll see. Mm. Um, I thought I'd start with, like, some of the things that we should probably take into consideration when creating a Horcrux, because... I read, like, yeah. a lot of, like, here's my ideas for Horcruxes, and I think that they just wouldn't work. Sure. Um, so I think some of the problems are that a Horcrux has, like, a powerful magical signature. So yeah. I feel like a, a learned wizard like Dumbledore could probably detect a Horcrux if it was, like, in the middle of the Ministry of Magic, for, for example. Yeah. Um, horcruxes kind of have, like, a will of their own and a bit of an evil aura. Those are the things that you have to think about. They're a bit like the One mm-hmm. Ring from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so some other things to just consider are, like, how are you going to protect it? Uh, how accessible mm-hmm. will it be, both, like, in terms of how are you going to access the place that you want to hide it and how are you going to access it, like, after it's hidden and after it's safe? Oh okay, and like also just whether things are personally significant to you, and like why, why? Yeah, justify yeah. your choices. <laughs> okay, all right, um, okay, I guess I, I guess I'll start. I didn't consider all those considerations, but I guess I can you know, make it up as I go. Yeah,, um, I'm not <laughs> saying like you have to outline all of these things. I'm just saying like these are some of the things that I kept in mind and that I think it would be a good idea to think about. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so we're both evil uh, dark witches and we're both really really stupid <laughs> and we decide that I- immortality is the ultimate goal yep. and we want to split our souls to get immortality because that's clearly the best way to go rather than just dying and having our immortal souls live on yeah as um, as is established in it- canon happens <laughs> <laughs> so. We go this really complicated, convoluted, stupid route instead, mm-hmm. and we decide to make some Horcruxes. Um, in preparation for this episode, I made seven Horcruxes and one accidental eighth Horcrux <laughs> without realising that it's actually six Horcruxes are made and one accidental seventh Horcrux. Which is what is. I did. <laughs> yeah. So I have one extra. I guess I'm just that little bit more evil. Yeah. So just that I'm trying to show up by... <laughs> I'm trying to show up my, my evil older witch sister, and, I, and I, I'm all constantly living in her shadow, so I thought, you know what, she made six Horcruxes, I'm going to make seven. And like, you know, <laughs> what will happen is the hero will come after us, and they'll get rid of all of my Horcruxes, they'll get rid of the first seven of yours, and then they'll be like, done. And then you can pop up <laughs> as a spooky girl right at the end, and be like, I had yeah. an extra one <laughs> that nobody Wasp knew final. about. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Incredible. So. You're a genius. <laughs> Thank you. My first choice, I thought, all right, Horcruxes, it's just a piece of my soul put into an object, right? So I want the object to be sturdy. I want it to be tough, maybe even right. indestructible. Like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my thought was a Nokia 3310 2GB <laughs> GCM in dark blue. <laughs> yep, yep. Like one of those Nokia bricks uh-huh. um, from like 2002, around that era. Um Uh, That's where I'd encase a part of my soul. And then I would, the place I would hide that is at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So these are some pretty common ideas that I saw a lot in my research. (laughs) I did not research. I went off gut instinct. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay. so, So the problems that I have. Like, I get, yeah, I get, like, the cool, funny joke that the Nokia phone is indestructible. (laughs) Great. But also, like, when something is a Horcrux, it's already very, very difficult to destroy. So, like, why go with the phone? (laughs) Why are we assuming that I'm a learned wizard who actually read all the instructions before just starting the (laughs) recipe? (laughs) When yeah, I do cooking, right. I read step one and I do step one. Then I read step two and I do step two. <laughs> you know, I'm not the kind of person who reads the whole recipe to get a general idea of what I need to be doing at certain times. No, I'm a dumb bitch. <laughs> I tend to read the recipe and then I'm like, I pretty much remember it. <laughs> and then just Go off like half remembered recipe, half gut instinct. <laughs> I'm not a good cook. Neither am I. Also, uh, bottom of the ocean. What if the day comes that you need to get that Horcrux back? How are you going to get it out of there? I guess I'll call up James Cameron, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no one's been to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. (laughs) No, wait, did you say bottom of the ocean or bottom of the Mariana Trench? I said bottom of the ocean. I don't really want to go Mariana Trench. I mean, I guess I could, but I was thinking more like the, the South, sea or the south ocean which all is right. the one like above antarctica because i love antarctica um and it's really treacherous and the currents are like responsible for the entire temperature of all the world's oceans so that's mm-hmm. a really important ocean um and really just treacherous and shitty and cold and stuff like that so yeah i figure if i drop it if i like do the whole like lady in the titanic thing where i just go bloop, and put it at the bottom like you know sinks oh. all the way down I feel like maybe if you went and put it, like, in the Titanic, you might be okay. But if you just drop it in the ocean, like, like you said, currents, like, it's not going to stay in the same place. You've basically just lost that horcrux. But I can feel it. It's a part of me. So, like, if I really needed to go find it, I could, I guess. I don't think he can. Voldemort can't feel his horcruxes because he's like, I would know if they were destroyed. And he's wrong because he's an idiot. Yeah, well, I'm also going to I guess. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. I don't want to be immortal. <laughs> so I think a really big worry of mine is that I will create an object or six objects that make me immortal. And then I won't be able to destroy those objects when I inevitably decide that I'm ready to die. <laughs> Because I really want to die. I don't want to be immortal. No, nah, I'm I'm all in. I, I commit to this. <laughs> uh, if you're all in, then fuck yeah, chuck it yep. in the ocean. You'll never Fuggin- be able to find it, and neither will anyone else. <laughs> no one will ever be able to find it. That will be the, probably the one that lasts the longest. Oh, <laughs> uh, But, like... Another worry is what if somebody does find it, like a random fisherman hoists it up or something, and then it ends you know, inside a fish, yeah, yeah, it ends up somewhere, it ends up somewhere, it ends up somewhere, and then a wizard finds it, and they're like, "Oh my god, a Horcrux! I should destroy this," and then you've lost one, and you don't even know. Well, yeah, I mean, like if that amazing sequence of coincidences happens, then yeah, I guess I would lose that Horcrux. But good thing I got seven more. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is why you got backups. You're right, scattered around. You know, I think that one based on all the ones I do, that one's probably the least likely to be found. Yeah, I would agree. Like, unless you've, yeah. you've got another idea that's more least likely to be found. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll find out. Yes, I guess we will. Um, <laughs> so I kind of like started with a couple of ideas and then modified them like common ideas. So you've already started with one inaccessibility. A really yeah. common idea is I'll throw something into the ocean or to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the earth's core, Another really, really common one is uh, the Golden Record. Do you know what that is? It's a record, not actually made of gold, but it looks like it's made of gold, that contains a bunch of, like, sounds and images and things to describe life on Earth. In space. Yeah. That's one of my ideas later on. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) How have you, like, automatically landed on all the Horcrux ideas? Yeah, so it's on the Voyager Space spacecraft and it apparently it's currently twenty billion kilometers away from Earth. I didn't like fact check that. That's just what somebody said. My problem My idea is slightly different from that, don't worry. Yeah. My idea with the golden record is first of all, how did you get that in the first place? You didn't make it. (laughs) And second of all, like putting something on a spacecraft that then just gets blasted away from the earth never to be returned. I don't like that because what if I don't want to be immortal anymore? No, yeah, I, I didn't go for that, but I went for something very similar vein. <laughs> yeah. So what I went with is, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Super Kamiokande, which is in Hida, okay. Japan. And I'll okay. get up what the description of it is. Okay. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> is this the location of where you're hiding your Horcrux? No, this is what the Horcrux is. Let me just oh, okay. It. Okay, cool. So the Super Kamiokande detector is hidden in a mine 30,000 feet, no, sorry, 3,000 feet underground, deep under Mount Kamiokako. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Japanese listeners. <laughs> and basically, it is a uh, an enormous steel tank holding 50,000 tons of water, ensconced mm-hmm. by a stunning array of 11,146 photomultiplier tubes used to detect light produced when neutrinos interact with the surrounding water. So it's this big, okay. like, lab, I guess. Deep, yeah. deep, deep underground. It's incredibly inaccessible. Um, basically, nobody's allowed to go there. Like, it's a very, very secure facility. You can like apply to tour the lab for educational purposes and scientific research, but like, it's very hard to it's very hard to get into. Yeah. And then if the thing that I've made my Horcrux is this enormous steel tank with fifty thousand tons of water, that's going to be incredibly difficult to destroy. <laughs> Yeah, cuz if you destroy the tank, then all the water comes out and kills yeah. you. Very good. Plus you have to you have to get 3000
1: <laughs> feet, <laughs> feet underground, underground
0: through this like incredibly secure muggle facility, deal with all the muggles inside mm. and then destroy yeah. the place and then get out yourself. Like it's a massive hassle. I mean, my first thought of how I would do it if I was the, the gallant young Mr. Potter trying to take you down mm-hmm. is I would I mean, this kind of thing, it's got to have some sort of mechanic assigned to it, right? got to have some sort of technician that, like, checks its water levels or whatever. Yeah, there have got to be people that work there. They definitely, yeah. and, like, maintain it and stuff. Yeah, even if it only happens once or twice a year, you know, you find that person, you get their hair, you become that person with the Apologies Potion, and then you go down there, you have some gillyweed on the ready or the Bubblehead Charm, mm-hmm. and you fucking destroy that thing, oh, get them gills... And wait it out until the water drains away. Because they must have some sort of system in there that if there is a leak, the water has a drainage system to get out of the room and then you can get out of there. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they've thought about, like, what if this tank breaks? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Also, the other thing is, how do they know it's my Horcrux? Because I have no particular (laughs) personal connection with this place. And it's not like I'm going around telling everyone my cool idea for a Horcrux in a podcast. (laughs) No. I mean, I guess the only way that you that anyone would be able to find out is if like they were a special case like Harry who can detect horcruxes because he himself is one. Yeah. Or if there's like reports of like, yeah, this big water tank at the bottom three thousand feet below the earth's surface, definitely cursed. <laughs> people hate it down there. <laughs> they absolutely hate this water tank. It keeps doing people <laughs> evil, I guess. <laughs> (laughs) sometimes you hear it whispering like there's no reason for it (laughs) people hate it and it's like widely reported on that it's a very unpleasant experience or maybe not reported on the papers but it's like known amongst the staff and maybe amongst people who know the staff yeah that it's like weirdly cursed (laughs) (laughs) but like It's a big leap from the bad vibes tank to this is one of the Horcruxes of Rhea, evil overlord. It is. Unless, like, somebody tracks me to the one time I visited that place 20 years ago to put a piece of my soul down there. I guess. Or if I've got, like, a mind connection with a gallant young hero destined to take me down and he finds evidence of it in my memories. Amazing. Yeah. That's pretty good. I'm like I'm going to say like the, the, your I think it's crackable. You could kill it. But the like like you pointed out there's absolutely no connection between you and this this water tank. So that would be hard yeah. to find. And that's not the case with all of my objects. I've tried to vary it up between some things that are just not related to me but are difficult to get to or difficult to destroy and some things that are incredibly personal and have deep significance for yeah, me. Yeah. Nice. And we'll get into those. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I actually have a similar Japanese theme to one of my ones. Um, ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> same brain, same brain. <laughs> so, I was thinking about Horcrux, and I was thinking about, okay, how's, what's a good way to hide my Horcrux? Maybe I could hide it in an object that no one would ever want to touch or pick up. And good, thought. I was like, okay. What if I made a DVD copy of the 2004 animated film Shark Tale into a Horcrux? Because no one ever wants to watch that <laughs> film. <laughs> and the place that I thought I would hide it would be the busiest train station in the world, Shinjuku train station. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so what are your thoughts on this? What, what, are you, what are your vibes? I feel like if I was a janitor working in Shinjuku... And I found a terrible DVD. <laughs> I would probably throw Put it away. So yeah, I was thinking yeah. maybe I could like hide it in the walls or something, or like underneath the tiling, because I want the aim of this place to be like, it's the busiest train station in the world. Hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even millions of people, go through this train station every day. I want to make it difficult to be able to get this thing out without being noticed and like causing attention, maybe having to use magic, because it's going to have magical protections around it, like all of Voldemort's Horcruxes mm-hmm. do. So I want that to be, like, yeah. the potential that you'll break the statute of secrecy and maybe even mm-hmm. risk the lives of innocent muggles if you try and get this Shocktail deputy out of the fucking fall. <laughs> it's also, it's very good that you've chosen an incredibly busy liminal space mm-hmm. because this isn't, like, a busy office building no. where most of the people who go there go there every day. Most of the people who go there are walking through this space, yep. not spending a lot of time and in the trains it. don't stop. Like, they go night and day. Yeah, they never stop. So uh less people are going to be like, hmm, I really hate this one particular patch of ground where I get bad, evil, shark themed vibes. Shark themed (laughs) vibes. They like they walk (laughs) over this patch of ground and they see that image of like Will Smith's fish lips like (laughs) burned in their terrible (laughs) that terrible fish titty girl. Angela Jolly fish, yeah, the hot one. (laughs) Yeah. I hate how they decided to make the fish look like the actors. Why was that decision made? Oh. <laughs> they awful. made their faces Truly look human-ish. I Just, It's unnecessary. <laughs> Grotesquely human-ish fish. Let Terrible. me tell you something about Shark Tale. I've never willingly right. watched this film. I've seen it seven times. <laughs> Every time I've watched Shark Tale, it's been forced on me. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hate this film. <laughs> I do have memories of like being on a school trip yep. where we're all in the bus together, and they put on Shark Tale. We're like, we cannot get away. Can't yep. look. There's nowhere to it's look. Always the classic <laughs> school trip thing. One time was particularly heinous. I was with a friend. We had to stay up all night because we had to wake up at like 3 a.m. to prepare for an ANZAC dawn service thing and she's like, she likes Shark Tale and she's like, let's watch Shark Tale I'm like, I don't want to do that and she's like, (laughs) no, because you hate it, it'll help you stay awake and you won't fall asleep and you'll be ready to wake up for the 3am thing, and I'm like I guess, it was her house, I didn't want to like argue with her, she put on the movie and she fell asleep, so I had to sit there watching Shark Tale and I couldn't disturb her because then she would have fucking woken up and be mad, I fucking hate that (laughs) (laughs) But, look, <laughs> she was right. You just sat there seething in your rage. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. <laughs> oh, incredible. Um, I think the only problem that you might have is gonna be with the employees who are there every hmm. day, often spending a lot of time like in the same spot, like you know, selling tickets or whatever. Yeah. So there'll probably be rumours of, you know, there's a one spot in the Shinjuku train station that's got bad energy, (laughs) but, like... Again, your gallant hero has to make the connection between you and this one random spot in a random train station that you've been to a few times in your life. Yeah, exactly. My next idea that I went with is uh, size. Mm. So... Okay. Okay. (laughs) This isn't necessarily... Yeah. I can see where you're going with this. This isn't necessarily, like... (laughs) something that I like an idea that I took from someone this is a Ria original I just think something that's absolutely fucking massive is going to be really hard to destroy very funny (laughs) it doesn't even matter if people know it's a horcrux how are you going to blow up Mount Everest dickhead Um, (laughs) you go with Mount Everest (laughs) no I was looking for the thing about a mountain is I don't know if a mountain is one single solid thing it's not no yeah, so I was looking for, like, biggest rock, and that led me to Uluru, and I'm like, well, no. I'm not going to go to, like, a sacred Indigenous Australian site and, like, put my soul in it. That's a very white colonizer. I don't need that kind of energy. Did you go white with, like, life? Matilda, the giant kangaroo at White and Wild? <laughs> I didn't think that well. I was looking at, like, giant, giant um, landmarks, giant statues, and unfortunately, a lot of them are sacred, so mm. I couldn't go with that. So what I went with was something that's very, very big and very, very old. It's the world's oldest living tree, Methuselah. Oh, you'd really do that to the oldest living tree? I would. You're Be- evil! <laughs> it's not sacred. It's just a scientific marvel. <laughs> wow. Is that... Where is that? Its exact location is a secret. <laughs> oh, right. Because they don't want anyone to cut it down, I guess. They don't want anyone to mess with it by, say, putting their soul in it or, you know... <laughs> Chopping it down or destroying its environment, anything like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, um, it's somewhere in the Inyo National Forest, but its exact location is a secret protected by the United States Forest Service. So, first of all, it's going to be very hard to identify that I've made the oldest living tree into one of my horcruxes. And Mm -hmm. then once you do it to, like, track down its location, that's also going to be very difficult then to go there is going to be difficult because it's very isolated yeah. then to destroy it, like it's nice got job, dickhead yeah. <laughs> you destroy the oldest living tree also, how do you find the oldest living tree? you, I'm a wizard I'm a dark wizard <laughs> 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 I just go to the United States National Forest Service and torture them, I guess, yeah and it, yeah, I find someone t- brainwash them into telling me I've got yeah. dark magic Makes sense, makes sense. <laughs> I probably am going to leave a trail, which is what my gallant hero will be following when he comes to destroy me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, I'm feeling so bonded to my gallant hero. What's, what's their name? Who are they? <laughs> Who are they? What, what's, what's going on between us? <laughs> I feel like we've got a connection. <laughs> I'm nothing like you. <laughs> you'll never know love or friendship and i'm like i I know sorry for you i ruined that really good tree oh god i'm just not cut out for this evil sorceress thing you're such a dick like i I went to some low blows but never environmental terrorism i know (laughs) everything else that was very big and very old was like sacred to the indigenous people and I'm, i'm not that evil Yeah, just fucking go with Big Matilda. Yeah, I could have gone with the Big Mango or whatever. (laughs) The giant banana. The big banana. (laughs) But it's very easy to find the big banana, I guess. It is. That's the whole function of the big banana to be found. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good one. Um... Yeah, I guess it gives the hero the moral quandary of having to destroy the old, like, one of the oldest living organisms in the world. Yeah. I feel like if my gallant hero has a Hermione-esque best friend, like, she's mm. gonna have some major problems with destroying that tree. Yeah. It's gonna be a whole, oh, can we get the Horcrux out without destroying the tree? It's not yeah. ethically right, blah blah blah. That'll slow him down. Yeah. They'll probably settle on, they have to destroy the tree, but they take, like, a an acorn or something from it. I don't know what kind of tree Methuselah is. I Some sort of seed. seed. Tree. And they'll, like, plant that again and, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wait, like, 10,000 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ate its growth with magic, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I decided that I would make... Another one of my horcruxes, um, a living thing. I, I, I want to have a bit of diversity here. Yeah. Um, I know that's risky, but I, like I said, I didn't read all the instructions all the way through. I just started making <laughs> horcruxes step by step. And then I read like the, the background section. I'm like, hmm, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Very inadvisable like, to have a living horcrux. And you're like, well, too late now. Too late. <laughs> I got a few. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought I looked up. Some of the world's most protected people, like who who are people that have super high security on them.
1: A lot of them are like
0: good thinking. Yeah, a lot of them are world leaders. And Mm -hmm. look, I know we do a lot of stuff in this show. I don't really want to make light of setting up a world leader (laughs) (laughs) as a warcrux. Though, let's Donald Trump. Fuck that guy. But I think we've already poked enough fun at Donald Trump dying. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I decided. Sorry, the continue. problem with many world leaders is that they're replaceable. They yeah. are. Like, like if you go for the US president, say, mm. that's like a maybe a four-year gig, and then they don't have all of that incredible protection around them anymore. Yeah, and a lot of them are old. So they're already, yeah. like, maybe even going to die in maybe 10, 20 years as well. I want my Hawkeye to have a bit more time. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I would go for someone who has amazing protection around them. But it also has the most cryptic cursed energy I can think of to match my Mm -hmm. Horcrux aesthetic. Um, So I went with Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Oh, incredible! (laughs) Since twenty fifteen, Mark Zuckerberg has spent approximately twenty million on security, with seven point three million going towards personal bodyguards. Sixteen full time bodyguards that watch him around the clock. Um, Which I think is very funny. So. Yeah, it's good. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I just like the idea of, like, Mark Zuckerberg's, like, lizard-like, soulless doll face blinking creepily as you hear this, like, creepy Horcrux voice coming out from, like, his earlobes being, like, smoked meats, smoked meats, all this (laughs) creepy stuff, you know? Stealing data and information. (laughs) Rate the girls at your university. Yeah, I don't like him. So, I think he's he's a prime uh, host for my mm. family, Paul Horcrux. Are you worried about forming a connection with him, akin to the connection between Nagini and Voldemort? Not in the slightest because (laughs) you don't think that will happen or because you think your mind is naturally much more powerful than Mark Zuckerberg's oh I don't doubt that my mind is naturally one more powerful than Mark Zuckerberg's so if there was to be some sort of connection where it was like Nagini and Voldemort it would be the the connection where Nagini is essentially Voldemort's slave and Mm. Mark Zuckerberg would be like a sleeping agent that I could (laughs) activate at any time good (laughs) he like assumes this snake like uh sort of ambiance and starts slithering across the ground and constricting people with his long langy body (laughs) I hate it it's what he deserves (laughs) Uh, valid so what do you think? um I hate it it's terrible (laughs) I don't like the idea of choosing a random person and a person that you clearly have no love for (laughs) And putting a piece of your soul in them. That seems so incredibly intimate to do with someone that you just ate. <laughs> he has such good protection on him, though, Rhea. Yeah, but he's still just a man. That's true. Pe- people are very killable. Hey, hey, no meowing. I'm busy recording. Apple bobbing. Don't disrupt the podcast. Apple bobbing. <laughs> Naughty girl. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. But, like, that's your choice. (laughs) Your argument of he's still just a man. Is he? (laughs) Is he really? (laughs) Or is he really just a lizard wearing human skin? (laughs) Yeah, this was a question that I had. Not, is he a lizard, man? Like, clearly, yes. But but does a living Horcrux become kind of indestructible like a regular Horcrux, and do they become immortal? Because that's what a Horcrux is, right? It's immortality. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they do. Nagini was much more powerful and difficult to kill than a regular snake. And I get the feeling that if Voldemort had lived, like, several thousand years or whatever, I think Nagini would have lived that time with him. Yeah. The thought of Mark Zuckerberg getting more powerful and difficult to kill. Like, I don't yeah. imagine Mark Zuckerberg is the kind of man to, like, punch someone in the face. If he got into a fight, like, he'd definitely bite their ankle. Like, he'd just go straight for the most feral move you can think of in, just, in a one-on-one fight. Just ripping their Achilles tendon out with his knee. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actual like, clawing out like, clawing out their butt crack so they get those sensitive nerves that absolutely just destroy him <laughs> man. Ah! <okay. laughs> That's awful, Jem. With his awful long fingers. I can just, I can see it. (laughs) Too powerful. Too frightening. Killing for sport. (laughs) His face falls to the floor, expressionless. (laughs) This is the man that you've chosen to bind yourself to forever. (laughs) To safeguard a piece of your soul. No thank you. (laughs) Look. It's feral, but I've already lost my humanity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I also really liked the idea of a living creature and I was thinking less along the idea of less along the lines of a person with a lot of protection around them because people mm. are still just very killable. And mm-hmm. more like a creature that's very difficult to kill. Yeah. And I was thinking like a basilisk or a dragon or an acromantula, something really dangerous and yeah. hard to kill. Or something really difficult to find, like a demiguise that can turn invisible. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to have an indestructible pet that will live forever, I choose my cat, Apple Bobbing. (laughs) Aww. Because fuck being an evil witch alone forever, I want my precious baby kitty cat, who I love so much, Apple Bobbing. Yeah. And I'm guessing she'd always be at your side. Yeah, of course. I'd be like the... The head of Team Rocket in Pokemon that always has his fucking cat with him everywhere he goes every second of the day. James. Yeah. No, not James. Um, not Team Rocket. What's it called? Team Rocket, like, works for an organization. And the oh. leader of that organization has a evolved Meowth. Look, I've, I've only seen two episodes of Pokemon. Eh? Yeah, I'm clearly <laughs> blanking on the details. <laughs> I just know this dude and his cat. I'll, I'll send you pictures of him. <laughs> i i love that team rocket actually is part of an institution i just just thought they were two really eccentric people with their with their pokemon (laughs) just two like absolutely insane individuals who are trying to kidnap a 10 year old boy's pet for no fucking reason yeah that's what i assumed (laughs) no they work for an organization that steals other people's pokemon it's very funny they're just bad at it. it makes a lot of sense yeah Oh my god. Anyway, Pokemon aside, I think my choice is the most valid. I will have an indestructible, immortal cat. Yeah. I mean no, she's not indestructible, she can be killed. The geeky yeah. can be killed. So so can Apple Bobbing. And that could be devastating for you when that inevitably happens. <laughs> yeah. But like if somebody if somebody is killing Apple Bobbing, they are doing it to destroy Horcruxes. It's mm-hmm. not like she's gonna walk into the road and get hit by a car, first of all because I don't let her out of my house. Yeah, she's an indoor cat yes strictly but yeah. like this eliminates the idea that she would get hurt or die of natural causes the only way she's dying is if someone's coming for my soul and like yeah. if that's the case I'm sorry but there's, there's just not much else I can do to protect apple, apple bobbing other than making her immortal and very hard to kill It is interesting because, like, Nagini works the Horcrux because she's, like, a servant to Voldemort because of the Parseltongue ability to control the snake. Applebobbing, you can't communicate with her, so you can't control her. She's still a normal cat. But I she's can, just extra powerful and indestructible in some ways. I can communicate with her. I can tell her she's a very good girl. <laughs> she, she knows when I want kisses and she comes close and offers her head for kisses. <laughs> she knows when dinner's ready. She knows <laughs> when it's my bedtime and I stay up past my bedtime and she gets very grumpy with me. In a way, she's more responsible than you are. (laughs) She is. When I stay up late playing video games, she comes and, like, tries to, like, push me away from the computer. Like, it's bedtime, mom. Time for cuddles and bedtime. (laughs) Amazing. Incredible. This is what I need. This is the presence that I want in my life if I'm going to be immortal. You and the cat and Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) What a weird sitcom. (laughs) The Dream Team. (laughs) I just imagine the scene where Mark Zuckerberg's alone in the room with apple bobbing and just the weird intense eye contact that these two Horcruxes have with each other. I hate it. (laughs) And apple bobbing just being like, clearly the superior choice. (laughs) All right. Well, on to my next one. It's also another living one. So I was thinking about animals too. And I was thinking like, okay, if I'm going to make an animal... A horcrux. I want it to be a very deadly animal. I want it to be an animal that's very threatening and has a huge body count every year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, box jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, mosquitoes—they're very easy to kill. You can just <laughs> flatten them. Yeah, um, box jellyfish. It's one of those weird, membraney animals where, where, like, if you cut it in half, it just it, there's two of them now. <laughs> I don't like them. Um, they're very deadly, highly poisonous. There's no cure for their poison, their venom, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, and they're just like an evil bag that floats around. Like, it's it's really hard to find them and stuff like that. But the place where I'm going to put my box jellyfish is in an equally evil place, so it's hard to find this evil object in this already evil place. Um, and very highly secure, SeaWorld. Oh, excellent. I thought yeah. you were going in a different direction, but nope, SeaWorld. Yeah, uh, that does radiate a vibe of pure evil. Yeah. And like, it's really hard to get at an animal at SeaWorld because there's a long history of people trying to break out the animals at SeaWorld because they're very abused. So they have a lot of measures in place to make sure people go- don't have access to the animals, especially I... the box jellyfish because they're very deadly. <laughs> I don't know box jellyfish. Are they like lone wolves or do they live in a massive pack of other box jellyfish? They can do either or. I'm just wondering if it's going to be in a tank with, like, a bunch of others. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, considering how jellyfish are generally displayed. Yeah, they usually put a bunch of them in a big tank. Also, I cannot imagine a jellyfish that is, like, territorial and has to be kept alone. That that goes against everything I know of jellyfish. What's really funny to imagine is if my box jellyfish radiates so much evil energy that, like, on one side of the tank is my box jellyfish, and on the other side of the tank is, like, a huge wall of box jellyfish that refuse to get close to it. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. I just don't think jellyfish are smart enough to read evil auras. They don't have brains. No. They just got nervous systems. So I like the idea that your gallant hero, much like... Harry having to get the correct key in book one, the correct flying key. <laughs> has he's to gonna swim ha- through the jellyfish. <laughs> he's gonna have to swim through the jellyfish looking for the one that is evil, and all of them yeah. are so evil and so venomous. Yeah, I doubt <laughs> there's and um, like charms that would last long enough to protect him from the venom. Like, <laughs> I just I can't even think of one. Like, yeah. The other thing is magic is harder to do underwater like he can yeah. do a bubblehead charm before he gets in there but then what mm. things like Protego protect you from physical objects do they protect you from venom though <laughs> like it's hard I, to say it's also like, kind of like a physical force I just don't yeah. think that's going to work very well in the water like if mm. I chuck a brick at your head in no, <laughs> in real life I was about to say um, like if I chuck a do. brick at your head and you deflect with Protego all good yeah If you're in the water surrounded by jellyfish, it's not like having a brick chucked at your head. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't think it would be very helpful. And also, so many cameras, so many ways that, like, the tanks are monitored so that, you know, people can't get in because obviously they don't want people near the animals and it's box jellyfish. Mm -hmm. Like, someone's going to notice. Yeah. Once again, this is going to have to be a massive, like, a heist and a massive potential breach of the international stat- statute of secrecy. Yeah. Very funny to imagine that my gallant hero attempts this and is just found face down in the tank the next day by the person who comes to feed the box jellyfish I don't know Cheerios, whatever they eat. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkles some fucking blood in the tank. For them. I was about to say human blood. <laughs> they just find the skeleton of the gallant hero in the tank. It's also very funny to be like, reading the newspaper and being like, Gallant Hero and two best friends break into Aquarium. And I'm like, hang on, isn't one of your Horcruxes there? And that's how you find out that they're going after your Horcruxes. Yeah. Gallant Hero and two friends banned from SeaWorld. And you're like, wait, don't do like a spit take with your morning coffee. I love how we're just living a domestic life. Yeah. (laughs) us and the cat and Mark Zuckerberg hidden in his little fucking cupboard upstairs yeah we're <laughs> sitting at the table like you know enjoying breakfast reading the paper Apple Welling's up on the table eating from her own bowl because of course yeah. she is Mark Zuckerberg's on the floor eating from his own bowl <laughs> he's molting it's molting season so he's yeah. pretty fussy at the moment <laughs> <laughs> every day I berate you for the choice of four crocs you made it's such a bother to clean out his cage <laughs> God, he needs walks all the time. But he has all this great protection, which is now our protection. (laughs) God. Well, (laughs) what's your next one? Uh, Okay, the next idea I was building off of was randomness. Mm. A lot of people are like, a random grain of sand on a random beach, a random rock, a random coin that I then put into circulation, a piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. The idea being that it should be difficult or impossible to identify and they're difficult to locate yeah. um, I obviously don't like those ideas because I don't want to put my soul in a random rock and chuck it on the ground and be like good enough yeah <laughs> that's no good also the idea of a coin in circulation like good luck ever tracking it down ever 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 tracking it down imagine just you're buying some chips from the local store and you get given your change you're like oh this is so evil <laughs> why do I feel so bad <laughs> most evil fucking 10 cent coin I've ever had in my life. 10 cents? (laughs) Why do I want to kill someone right now? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm seeing an image of my two best friends making out. Oh, a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Or like, you walk into the house one day and flick me a coin. You're like, yeah, Horcrux came back again. (laughs) It always finds its way back. (laughs) Now terrible. So I went for a random object being a random brick. In the mm. wall of Azkaban Prison. Oh. Because <laughs> I know where the fuck it is. <laughs> Part of the submerged wall, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, make it good. make it a difficult brick to get to. Yeah. Um, like, the important thing is, it is very random for anyone else who's trying to find the right brick. Yeah. But I know which one it is. You know exactly where it is, yeah. But it's going to be almost impossible to locate because... Azkaban already has such evil energy, mm. and every dementors. wizard who goes there is like drained and can't concentrate. And like, you're just not looking for a Horcrux while you're there, you're just trying to get away from the Dementors. Very clever. And it's fine if it possesses someone or drives them crazy because that's what everyone at Azkaban's like, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I also like the idea that if I potentially had Death Eaters or some other kind of followers and a bunch of them were in prison and I died, it would be very easy for them to resurrect me because my Horcrux is, like, right there. Yeah. They could find you eventually if they looked hard enough, if they knew. Mm. yeah, I could have one trusted follower that I told which one was my Horcrux, but it would and have to would be-, be- like God that's a gallant hero interrogates yeah <laughs> that's a breach of security but it would have to be like an insane fanatical person like if I had a Bellatrix yeah They'd only cave under serum. Yeah, someone then. who would kill themselves before they would betray me. That's the yeah. only way I would ever tell anyone, and you, of course. Obviously, you know all my horcruxes. <laughs> I know where they are. <laughs> yeah, we know each other's horcruxes. Except you have one that's secret from me. <laughs> I have my my horcruxes written down in my in my secret girl diary, which is voice activated. Yeah, which I keep like under my bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most secure place. And of course, that diary is also another horcrux. <laughs> And also, like, even if they do identify it, that it's a brick at Azkaban, if they can't find it, what are they going to do? Destroy the prison? Mm. Then what do you do with all of the people that are kept there? Where do the Dementors go? Yeah. It's a a good one. It's a good spot. Hmm. I thought that's my best hiding place, definitely. It's not my best Horcrux, but it's my best hiding place. Also, if if it's a time in the timeline where they remove the Horcrux and try and destroy it, or they can't destroy it yet... But you're you feel it. You feel something going on with that Horcrux. Mm-hmm. They can't get out of there easily. They're in the middle of the fucking North Sea, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, surrounded by can... Dementors, which may yeah. or may not be under my control. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Okay. Well, I started to think on a, on a different route, and I was like, okay, I still want another living Horcrux. This is my last one, I think. The <laughs> ever in So many um, living Horcruxes. Why are you bringing so many people into our family? <laughs> I'm here oh, with no, my You'll cat. like this edition. they <laughs> have got Mark Zuckerberg and a terrible jellyfish. <laughs> you'll like this edition. So I was thinking on the opposite side of the spectrum. It's like, okay, I, someone that still has a lot of security around them, but as Mark Zuckerberg is usually universally hated and loathed and as an object of disgust, what if I got someone who was so beloved that the thought of having to kill them to get through to me, it was just so horrible. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So if you want to kill me, Gallant Hero, you've got to get through beloved British actor Dev Patel. <laughs> I don't know who that is. You don't know who Dev Patel is? Maybe. I'm bad at names. Okay. His Can famous, you give me his gender and description? <laughs> he's a male. His most famous movie is Slumdog Millionaire, but it's not his best movie. That I haven't like, seen it. Oh my god. Okay. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> um, basically, he's a really beautiful man. He's just a genuine, lovely human being. He's a good actor, he's just a nice dude, all around nice guy. Okay, doing Dev Patel. Googling. He's universally oh, known as hot. he's a hot guy. Oh yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. I <laughs> can't believe know mm. who Dev Patel is. <laughs> I'm on his IMDB now. What's he been in that I've seen? I've definitely seen his face. He's, he was in an Australian movie called Lion, where he actually did a good Australian accent. <laughs> he he's was in, in Avatar, the last Airbender movie. Oh my god, was he? Yeah. Um, he, well, he's so probably played the Prince only agent person in that movie, yeah. <laughs> um, he's been uh, in, recently he's been in David Copperfield remake, which is a lovely movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an he's a all-around good actor, decent guy, and, you know, gallant hero, you're gonna have to murder Dev Patel to get to it. me. Dark Wisman Jam. <laughs> I just read his entire filmography. I've seen literally nothing that he's been in. You've missed the cultural impact of Death Patel at I'm every time I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm clearly not your target audience for this Horcrux, but like, hey, if this guy's joining our happy family, I guess I'm fine with it. I'm neutral. You're neutral in Death Patel. <laughs> I like him much better than Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> every morning he makes you eggs that are just... Fine. (laughs) You're completely neutral on Dev Patel and everything he does in the household. (laughs) Yeah. He hands me the eggs and I'm like, hmm. All right. fine. (laughs) Not too good. Not too bad. Oh, you're here again. That's okay. (laughs) Completely middling on Dev Patel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think our gallant hero could kill him? I, I, uh, from your tone, I assume the answer should be no. (laughs) I, however, remain neutral. (laughs) <laughs> a gallant hero raises his wand to kill Dev Patel and Dev tells please, like he's like, please, I'm getting married I think, I don't know, he's probably getting married um, <laughs> he's like, I-, I have a wife nearly like, <laughs> I'm just starting out in life, I'm still young like I either have a wife, or I might have one someday, or maybe not. Who knows? I think he's engaged. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess, because we live with him now. Yeah. In our weird household. <laughs> I'll ask when he hands me the egg. So hey, gonna get married? Gonna bring more people into our terrible happy family? And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, and you're like, great. I have no opinion on that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Cool. That's sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on using a beloved person as a as a Horcrux? I just probably wouldn't go for a celebrity, to be honest. <laughs> there's no who would you go there's for? There's no celebrity that I like enough to want in my house with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I like I like them as an entertainer, or like I might be a fan of their personal lives or personal work or whatever. Like I was a big fan of Carrie Fisher. She's cool, but like I don't know her. We're not friends. <laughs> Well, my initial intention wasn't to have Jeff Patel living with me (laughs) as a Horcrux. My intention was just to make him a Horcrux because he's a genuinely nice guy (laughs) and people would hesitate before killing Jeff Patel is my assumption. (laughs) (laughs) But this is where we've landed. Also, do you think that having a piece of your soul turn him evil would affect his career slash personal life? I mean, if I was able to control that piece of soul to be like Dev Patel, you continue as normal, unaffected by this and completely forgetting what's happened to you, then <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I like. I really like that Mark Zuckerberg turned into a feral, <laughs> wild animal, and Death Patel is just chill and normal. He has enough, I guess. I don't know, equilibrium to his energy that I feel like he would just. He's, he's got such goodness in him, I think it would be like Harry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, on the other hand, too much sin there. Yeah. <laughs> Dark, empty spaces inside of his weird, twisted brain. <laughs> De Patel's just pure light, frolicking in the fields of England. <laughs> okay, I've really got to watch one of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> watch David Copperfield, a good start. Okay. My next idea that I went with was something powerful. A really powerful magical item that would be difficult to destroy and is probably already well protected. That seems like a good call. Um, A lot of people suggested something like the Goblet of Fire. A Deathly Hallow as if that wasn't already one of the Horcruxes from the book. Not an original idea. (laughs) Um, Something from the Ministry of Magic or something in Gringotts. Mm -hmm. I had... Two suggestions, one that I came up with that I thought was an incredible idea until I'm like, fuck, I don't think that's possible. A okay. time turner that I then send forwards in time. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't think that is possible. Yeah, I, I think I've... Because you have to go with it. You can't just send it off by itself. I think I've... Yeah, I've been pretty, like, resolute on the idea that, first of all, time turners can't go forward in time. They only go backwards yeah. in time. I believe that's Yeah, it. But... It would be very cool because I'm thinking of Harry and Hermione in the third movie. They just sort of stood still and everything moved around them. So mm-hmm. I feel like they were kind of in like this other space or like they were kind of outside of time and couldn't be affected yeah. by it. So the idea that like yeah. I have a Horcrux, I don't really need to hide it anywhere because it's completely inaccessible and I would just sort of move it forward like a hundred years at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good idea, but... I'm not but sure they can go that... They can only go a few hours. They can't go a hundred years. What if I just keep fucking winding it and winding it and winding it? Actually, sorry. Yeah, regulations state they can't go more than a few hours, but I guess you can do it. It's just you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That... Uh, I don't think that's possible, but it was my first idea. Yeah? Okay. My other idea is one of the dark magic books in the restricted section of the Hogwarts library oh, or right. another magical library. And ideally I would like it to be a book about Horcruxes because then if someone picks up the book and reads it and they're like, God, I'm getting bad vibes off this book. Yeah. They will not second. They will not question it. Yeah. Someone's like cleaning the library and they're like dusting the books. i like, Oh, why is this book bad? And they look at the cover and it's just Horcruxes for dummies. And they're like, Oh, that's why." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's why this seems so evil and makes me think of our dark overlord, real. <laughs> 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 Look, I think this, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but also, is <laughs> it one of the first things that our gallant hero's very intelligent witch friend will do is to get as many books as she can about Horcruxes? And so she'll probably be carrying this one around with her. <laughs> Yes, look, I didn't consider that. (laughs) Very funny, because then you can have an insight into what your gallant hero is doing this whole time. If you have this Horcrux on you for a little bit of time, if they're like traveling around with the group and they don't realize until maybe a bit later Mm -hmm. that this book is definitely evil. (laughs) Yeah, it would be very funny for my gallant hero to be on like a long Drawn out camping quest, looking for my many horcruxes, yeah. and then somehow I get a hint that they're after me, and I'm like, okay, I've got to track down all my horcruxes and check on them. Yeah, and I realize that one of them is blipping all around the English countryside, and when I concentrate on it, it feels like it is in the same general location as my mind connection to my gallant hero, and I find him and I just fucking murder him. <laughs> very good, <laughs> very good. And I'm like, oh look, he had my book in this very cool bag that's mine now. <laughs> Yeah, I like this bag, too. Sick accessory. Cool. I wish I had turned his friends to my side, but oh well. Too busy murdering these teenagers. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Yeah, um... <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Thanks. So far, all my ideas have been great. You haven't been arguing with me a lot. I also... I like how all of my ideas, none of them are magical objects or magical related at all. <laughs> They're all completely arbitrary Muggle references. <laughs> yep, you did go very Muggle with this for some reason. <laughs> Look, Muggleborns can be evil witches too. I think that's like I'm, I'm with her. <laughs> the her you're referring to is Hermione. I'm with with me. The Muggleborn evil witch representation we all need. I like um, to think that it's like maybe you're the wicked witch, wicked witch of the East, and I'm the wicked witch of the West, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We meet up. We have lunch. Yeah. We live in the same house, but like, we have different areas of operation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't come on my turf or I'll cut you. <laughs> um, my next one, I was thinking along the same lines of Deb Patel. Not a living person this time, <laughs> but something that is very valuable. People don't want to destroy this. People will hesitate before destroying it. It's something priceless, something precious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay. What about the special 40th anniversary edition of a vinyl record of Gold greatest hits? Incredible. And I would put this on the International Space Station. Lovely. Okay. Question. Is that record already on the International Space Station? (laughs) No. Cool. (laughs) Not as far as I'm aware. I haven't researched. What I would think of doing is because they send astronauts up there not regularly, like it doesn't happen all the time, but in intervals, mm-hmm. so I would basically like, because I think astronauts can bring some personal items yeah. to the International Space Station to remind them of home. There's like a weight now, and a size record... limit, but yeah, they're, they're allowed to bring some yeah. things. A vinyl record, like, they don't have a record player up there but maybe people want it for like memorabilia, for memories, whatever, Um, so maybe I could like convince one of the astronauts through magic that they really want to bring up this, this record as mm-hmm. like part of their, you know, their personal items. So that's how I would get it up there. And it it stays up there. (laughs) Okay. I am unsure if the International Space Station is going to be in orbit forever or if it's supposed to come back at some point. I think it's meant to stay up there, as far as I know. Mm, Maybe. it's meant to be observing the Earth, you know. I truly don't know. (laughs) I just know that it's not being, like, fired as far away from the Earth as possible like Voyager is. (laughs) No, it's orbiting. And it's just sort of, like... They send astronauts up there by sending a shuttle up there and they drop them off up there and the shuttle breaks off and goes into space debris, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love how just fucking annoying it's going to be for the gallant hero to get up there. <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way like, <laughs> that you can get up there. <laughs> it's, it's doable, but it is such a massive hassle. And... The idea that he's going to be able to get up there, get this thing, destroy it, get back to Earth quickly, nah, not on the cards. This is going to be a months or years years. long operation. Yeah, and also the things it could do to the gallant hero's body, he's not ready for space travel. He might have to actually physically prepare for space travel (laughs) (laughs) to do this. Because it's not like he can just pull a juice into one of the astronauts going up there because he'd have to constantly be sipping this juice and the scientists and technicians that are looking after the astronauts make sure they're not like, <laughs> you know, dying. are like, why are you always sipping this juice? <laughs> you can't have this juice. On- like what? You, you got to drink this. Like, you know, you got to keep your body weight under this tight. Ty- like, <laughs> hey, astronaut Dave, are you drinking a literal magic potion? <laughs> <laughs> why is it in this weird bottle what's going on astronaut Dave has space madness everybody grab him <laughs> also he's got a sword and he's going to attack this cool ABBA record <laughs> also very funny to think that you know the astronaut that I've brainwashed into thinking that this record is like more valuable than their life is like trying desperately to protect this record at all costs <laughs> look very good it's great I don't know why you went with this ABBA record when you could have gone with like a part of the International Space Station no this is my sentimental one I love ABBA (laughs) alright I think they're neat when you were saying like something that's incredibly precious I thought you were gonna go with like the Declaration of Independence or the the (laughs) Crown Jewels like or the Mona Lisa Oh, the Declaration of Independence is so funny. Mm. And you came out with ABBA. (laughs) Look, that is history. If it was between the Declaration of Independence and all of ABBA's discography, I'd choose ABBA. Oh, I don't really give a shit about the Declaration of Independence, but, like, I might hesitate over the Mona Lisa. Uh, you know, she's just okay. Look. (laughs) I don't want to shit on, like, Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever his name was, but the Mona Lisa's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that really got me because I, I just... <laughs> I assumed that you were talking about a movie that he was in with the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to realize (laughs) you were talking about Da Vinci. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good times! I love this episode.
1: (laughs) Uh. Yeah, Yeah.
0: space station is a good place to hide a Horcrux. Mm -hmm. Very hard to get to, very secure. If I was the gallant hero, I feel like my go-to plan would be cast the Imperious Curse on somebody who's going up to the space station and compel them to find the ABBA record and send it back to Earth. Oh, but, like, it can take quite some time to get up there. The Imperious Curse doesn't last for that amount of time. I feel like it might also have a range. Yeah, it has a range. You have to maintain eye contact and focus. I feel like as soon as the astronaut broke the the fucking, you know what's it called? The gravity barrier around Earth. (laughs) That was in layer. As soon as they broke that, the the Imperius case, it would be way out of range. Maybe before that. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Mm. So they're going to have to go to space. They're going to have to go up there. And they can't be all three of them. It's got to be just the the gallant hero. There's no way they can sneak three people up there. Yeah. So maybe even not the gallant hero. Maybe it's the Hermione or the Ron dedicates their life to killing this Horcrux. <laughs> they're not coming oh. back. It's a one-way trip. <laughs> why, why is it a one-way trip? Because they they're definitely the being station. killed by the rest of the ISS crew <laughs> in the International Space Station because they tried to kill someone to get a fucking record. <laughs> that's definitely the... That's that's the policy. That's the procedure. If someone on the International Space Station gets space madness, you kill them. You fucking shoot them out the airlock. R.I.P. That's... <laughs> What happens is space stays in space. <laughs> That's space justice, baby. Look, there's no laws in space. <laughs> there is laws in space, guys. <laughs> Among us justice. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Um, <laughs> astronaut Tave was not the killer or whatever it is. <laughs> Astronaut Dave was an imposter. There you go. Uh, And then your Ron figure is just suffocating in the infinite vacuum of space. But he did destroy the record. Did he? Maybe. (laughs) Depends how efficient and willing to murder the other astronauts are. Willing to murder suicide, basically. It's a one-way trip, like I said. It's like Interstellar. (laughs) I would give anything to know that somebody on the ISS listened to this podcast episode <laughs> yes oh my god please tweet at us with your no internet um, let us know once you come back to earth I'd be really interested <laughs> oh, I would just give any amount of money any amount of time effort to know that somebody on the ISS was listening to this uh, someone hey, who knows someone on the ISS that's so funny hey guys don't get Space Madness up there <laughs> Keep doing the science you're doing. I don't know why you're up there. (laughs) Protect us from aliens, I assume. (laughs) Just uh, personally, the ISS, I personally think that astronauts in the ISS should have their own seat at the United Nations as their own kind of special sovereign representative in a weird way, because they have the most unique perspective on humanity and the world that anyone could possibly have. So they should be involved in international politics on some scale but that's just my hot take it's not relevant to the episode (laughs) anyway cool that was just like a really genuine well thought out (laughs) political point that you just made in the middle of my among us aliens jokes (laughs) something i've been holding inside of me for a long time (laughs) and this was the only way i could get it out yeah this is definitely um... the forum for it (laughs) what's your next one my next Horcrux is inspired by Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Uncle Iroh loses the Lotus Tile and then it was in his sleeve the whole time. <laughs> it was in my sleeve the whole time. <laughs> yes. We also did this when we were trying to hide the philosopher Stone. The best place to hide something is on your person. Yep. <laughs> Keep it with you at all times. Shove it up your bum. No one's going up there. <laughs> uh, maybe. A lot of people mentioned, like, oh, I would use my wedding ring or this brooch that I always wear or something like that. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Not something that I wear. Something that is personal to me, that I keep with me at all times, and that if somebody's trying to destroy it, fuck them. I would change. I would use my wand as a horcrux. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Whoa, okay. I like it. Even Can you cast a spell on your wand when you're using the wand to cast a spell? I could use Wh- another wand to cast a spell. <laughs> Whose wand? <laughs> I don't know. I just deck some fuck and take his wand. <laughs> I just <laughs> imagine you walking out to the street, finding some wizard. Be like, hey there, mate. <laughs> King hits them, takes their wand. <laughs> Back of the head, coward's punch. Take the wand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is why I'm the Dark Lord, baby. <laughs> King Hit R- Ria <laughs> she's such a menace to society Oh, that's a wizard justice anyway <laughs> King Hit's not funny we should delete this Oh, oh King yeah. Hit's very funny but very bad don't do it to people oh god um, <laughs> there's a reason it's called the Coward's Punch um, <coughs> yeah. what was I what was I fucking saying oh yeah I love the idea that my wand is indestructible, <laughs> and I've got to assume that if if a part of my soul is in there, like, it's got to be really loyal to me, right? That means that if the guy that I king hit in the street comes to king hit me back, he won't take possession of my wand. Or if, if Gallant Hero tries to expel Amosu, you, you want to just... <laughs> back into your hands like fucking like a magnet (laughs) yeah because ones are already a bit sentient and i feel like when i combine it with the sentience of a bit of my soul in there like it's gonna be very very loyal to me and very very hard to get away from me here's the thing though Canonically, wands can simply be broken in half like a stick. <laughs> yeah, but canonically, Horcruxes can only be destroyed by like basilisk venom or fiend fire or something. Yeah, that's true. I guess they'd have to burn you alive. <laughs> fiend fire. That is how you kill a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Not um. you, though. You go coward's <laughs> punch. <laughs> that is how I'd kill a witch. That'll chuck them into space. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking that airlock, <laughs> that lovely pneumatic tube to- noise, like and then they go out into space. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is stupid. God, oh, I've yeah. Had a great time. So I might not literally have my wand like in my hand at all times because you know I gotta sleep. <laughs> yeah, just tie it to your wrist. Yes. <laughs> I'll just take that idea from that very good fan fiction that I read. Who who wrote that fan fiction? I don't know. Where everyone ties the wand to the wrist all the time so they can't get the sound? Hmm. Someone wrote a fan fiction where that happened. Anyway. But I feel like in terms of magical protections and stuff... Obviously, the magical protections around my wand are going to be the absolute best that I can do because that's the magical protections I'm using on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, obviously, <laughs> only the best for me in my life. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. The wand is like the extension of your arm. Like, if you're looking at it that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's very good. And you could also, if necessary, if push came to shove, you could fit that up your bum. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If for some reason casting a magical protection was not the best way to go, I could just (laughs) shove it up my ass, And then it would be safe. Yeah, it's the kind of item you don't need a bag for. Yeah, except I wouldn't because it doesn't have a flared base unless my wand is weirdly shaved. (laughs) Yeah. Don't put things up your ass unless they have a flared base, kids. (laughs) Like, Bellatrix's wand, where it's, like, it go points downwards. I don't want that on my arse. <laughs> yeah, that weird hook. I don't like it. No good. Anyway. <laughs> my, <laughs> my last purposeful Horcrux. So, this one I chose purely off of, like, a cursed energy. I don't know why I have Mark Zuckerberg for that, too, but he was also a security choice. <laughs> um, even though he's a flight risk now with his weird behaviour. But, um... <coughs> I've chosen a dusty early 2000s playground parachute. Do you know those big parachutes? Yes. The big, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I had a cursed energy for me, mm-hmm. and the place that I would hide it is in a sports shed of, a, of an Australian primary school. Because I don't know if you ever had to do like that sports shed duty thing in primary mm-hmm. school, where you like checked the list to make sure that the kids who borrowed the skipping rope or something brought it back at the end of lunch. Yeah, but it's a it's chaos in there. There's mm-hmm. lots of huntsmen's. It's a corrugated iron tin shed in the middle of summer. It's hot. It is dusty, it's dirty, it's dark, there's a flickering, like, fluorescent fucking light in there, and it's impossible to find shit in there. Yeah, You you don't, like, break the surface of the fucking mess of the sports shed, you just sort of pick things from the outskirts to give to the kids to play with at lunch. Mm -hmm. In, like, a truly shocking twist, I was often the kid who didn't go out and play with sports equipment, (laughs) but instead sat near the shed with a big, like, clipboard checking equipment in and out. Yep, that was also a a role that I chose to do every lunch because it meant that I could sit down in the shade (laughs) and and do that instead of going to play out in the sun with the rest of the children. Oh, oh, to be an eight-year-old and to take on an administrative task so you can just sit down. (laughs) Just have five fucking minutes to myself. And also that small level of authority and power over other children. Very good. Intoxicating. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is my first what, high. This is what started us on the path to becoming Dark Lords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. What do you think? I do love the terrible, evil energy that comes off the very, very big parachute that all the children have to play with. <laughs> yeah. You remember when they would, like, you'd be, like, flopping it around, and they'd be like, <laughs> okay, kids, now, like pull it over your head and, and, and sit down on the edge of it so we're in like this big bubble <laughs> this big dome and they'd be like this shape is called a dome and we're all like sitting there in a big circle looking at each other like I see three children in front of me but one of them won't be America's next time <laughs> yeah like the like the classroom sport activity equivalent of climbing into a garbage bag and sealing it behind you <laughs> And sometimes they'd make us like clap and sing songs inside of the parachute. It was weird. Like what was going on with that? Yeah. (laughs) Definitely like the most cursed childhood activity (laughs) is everyone throw the parachute, like hold on to the edge of the parachute throw it up as high as you can step underneath it and then turn around and put the edge down on the ground and step on the edge now now we're all together standing in a ring holding down a big parachute underneath it it was like a ritual what was the point like why did we do this they're telling us to put a bag over our heads and seal it (laughs) like what <laughs> <laughs> but there's like 30 of us and then we would sit down and like play a clapping game <laughs> <laughs> while well, the green ants nibbled on us yeah it was truly amazing <sighs> deeply deeply cursed yeah i feel like if i walked into a sports shed and saw one of those and felt the absolutely rancid evil vibes coming off it i'd be like yeah this seems normal yeah that's just it's like remembering the beep test like it just gives you that awful sinking feeling but i feel like you do run the risk that any like competent adult witch or wizard who goes into an australian primary school and sees the sports shed would just burn it down with fiend fire just to be safe like (laughs) not even because they know there's a horcrux just like oh yeah i should probably just while i'm here get rid of this <laughs> the kids are like, "Oh no, I wanted to kick the medicine ball at the other kid. <laughs> oh no, I wanted to play with 20 jump ropes that are all somehow broken broken <laughs> And like they're not made of rope. they're made of like some sort of weird plastic, weird plastic. Whip. like like a, yep. like an electrical cord. <laughs> what we used to do with the broken ones is we tie them together to make a big rope <laughs> yep and then we play like communal jump rope, you know or like the game you play where you just hold the rope, like, taut, and, get, like, and snake then, snake like, sort the of, ground? yeah, like, sort of, like, yeah. snapping at each other. <laughs> yeah, whipping, yeah, the whipping game. <laughs> <laughs> the game of whip your friends. <laughs> Classic. Oh childhood. Um, <laughs> God, so sticky. Um, so yeah, that, <clears throat> that probably would happen <laughs> to my cursed parachute. Birds <laughs> in an awful fiend fire. They definitely hear the sound of, like, some poor possum that's trapped in the sports shed, like, screeching as the fiend fire, like, consumes it. (laughs) (laughs) Love the idea that the gallant hero burns down the shed with fiend fire, and then they're like, oh, a horcrux was in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just instinct. Bonus! (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Sweet, I was just going around burning down all these sheds for no reason. (laughs) Amazing. Do you Um, have another Horcrux? Is this your accidental one? Yeah, the only one I have left is my accidental, and I really got stuck on this because, well, obviously my accidental Horcrux has to be my gallant hero, right? Like in the fiction of the episode that we've (laughs) weaved as we were going, that's got to be who it is. (laughs) I mean, for your version, I don't think I've ever established that I have a connection to my gallant Hero. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I guess that's your accidental. Who is he? Anyway, before I came up with this gallant Hero, what I was thinking of, like, who is a person that I want to kill? And aside from that one terrible building manager, I don't want to kill anyone in my personal life. <laughs> because I think that's a stupid way to kill someone. <laughs> Don't what if you tried to kill Mark Zuckerberg and you made him a Horcrux, so he's a double Horcrux? <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> what I wrote was a public figure of evil and hatred. This is, I'm reading from my notes. Such as the leader of the KKK or Westbury Baptist Church, an evil political world leader, or a billionaire like Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Oh, you get a two for one because it's a white supremacist <laughs> and a billionaire like Mark Zuckerberg. Excellent. Excellent. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, so I absolutely don't want my accidental Horcrux to be one of these terrible people. But I feel like if I'm if I'm going to be killing someone, like that's my first move. Yeah, that's where You're I go. Can't punch Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> if I don't know who the White Dragon is, I'm going for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> But oh, I don't God. like the idea that my gallant hero is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, ew. Or the leader of the Westboro Baptist Church. Awful. Terrible. I haven't gone for the idea that my accidental Horcrux will be my gallant hero, or, or the one that has to, you know, kill all the other Horcruxes. Not at all. Hmm. That's, that's the fiction I've built for myself. I guess my gallant hero is a baby I tried to coward punch. <laughs> but he was too strong for me. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of my soul got off somehow nobody no, survived once off. you decided to kill him <laughs> not one except you Jeff Bezos <laughs> once <laughs> once Ria <Rhea> decides to <laughs> get punch you you're gone unless you're the kid who survived the punching <laughs> the unpunchable A what call him <laughs> the unpunchable our gallant hero the unpunchable Oh god. (laughs) 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 So, who's your accidental? Who or what? Um, It's a what. I figured that my accidental um, eighth Horcrux would be something that I just kind of had around me a lot when I was making other Horcruxes and accidentally maybe got a bit of that (laughs) Horcrux juice in it. Um, yeah and so that makes sense I figured it would be an empty 500 milliliter bottle of peach iced tea <laughs> <laughs> and not realising that it's a Horcrux because I've already lost so much humanity I'd probably just recycle it you know <laughs> so it probably gets distributed throughout the, the world's plastic recycling but it couldn't like <laughs> plastic is already pretty indestructible but whatever like process that yeah. goes into attempting to recycle these plastics which I that's a whole nother kettle of fish <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think it would work on your Horcrux. Yeah, they'd try and crush it, I guess. They'd try and burn it. Maybe it'd make, like, a bit of local news. But then I guess it would end up on that plastic island in the middle of the ocean, probably. Yeah, garbage island with all the fishing nets. Or else, like, in a museum, like, indestructible 500ml can bottle of iced tea. <laughs> also, before the lockdown and I stopped going outside and doing the things that I love like every week I would get to the point where it's like okay, time to take out the trash so time to go around the house and collect all the loose empty 500 milliliter bottles of peach ice tea <laughs> time to tip them out of my handbag time to take an entire garbage bin's worth of these plastic bottles yeah, it's exposing, hey? yeah, <laughs> so valid <laughs> and that's it that's all my horcruxes <laughs> Which do you think would last the longest? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like mine were better, but yours were more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wouldn't be killed. I think I would be killed. Like, I think your one in Japan underground, that one's going to last a long time. Because who the fuck's going to pick that? Yeah. That's my most secure, I think. Although I do also like the very old tree. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, my cat, who will be the last one destroyed, because if anyone comes for my cat, I'm going to fucking decimate them. I better be dead if you're coming for my cat. would sponge (laughs) you straight into space. The cat's the last one. I wonder how long Dev Patel would last. I don't know. How long does Dev Patels usually live? Well, (laughs) this has been (laughs) Makes you think. (laughs) Yeah, it really makes you think, doesn't it? (laughs) I just keep imagining when I picture this domestic scene, I keep imagining Mark Zuckerberg on a leash slithering around like the kitchen tiles, like writhing around I'm... really disgustingly <laughs> and slowly. What? <laughs> the image that's in my mind is like in Pokemon. <clears throat> when ash goes home to visit his mom and like he and his mom are sitting at the table eating food and then on the floor is ash's pikachu eating from like a dog bowl and his mom's mr mime on the floor also eating from a dog bowl because pokemon is (laughs) fucked (laughs) oh god but yeah that's that's that but instead of an electric rat and a clown man (laughs) it's my cat and mark zuckerberg Another clown man. <laughs> Basically the same. <laughs> well, I've been Jem, and astronaut Dave was the imposter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been Rhea and uh, I'll be so glad when my gallant hero cowards punches me and I can finally die. Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time.